PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. gentlemen welcome to this bonus crossover episode of cinema crespo so i am your host chris crespo chilling in the crespo diso studio drew stick cogburn is home with his cat but i am joined by the host of off cuts the man himself question mark celebrity chef <laughs> question mark elliot baby hillis is here how you doing thank you for having me how you doing i'm doing great man good to see you cool let's talk about some metal music Met, just metal for the most part and other All stuff right. as well so uh, dude mm-hmm. what's the first metal or even hard rock band you think you listen to and then I'm gonna ask you something that goes even earlier than that okay it gets it gets sticky okay I like sticky it gets sticky sticky thank you so like my dad listened to a ton of um, folk music a ton of like and, and a ton of like 70s rock like, so I, spe- give me a couple of specifics. Um, Some Thilizzi in here? Are we Zeppelin. Talking? You know, oh, sure, it, nothing, sure, sure. nothing too crazy. Like, he was more into folk music. So, Croce was like a big thing in okay. my household. Yes, right? yes, yes. Like, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, Skinner, B-Sides, like a lot of that kind of stuff. Like, I had, I my dad had vinyl, all that. You know what I mean? Back when, because we're old. So, well, there was vinyl. Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, I have a similar vinyl upbringing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, my mom really wasn't into music, but my dad... Um, was super into music, although not as esoteric as I would eventually become. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a taste for it, and I can remember um, really, really enjoying and loving complex um, compositions. Really, like, and before I, guess, I knew what that was. Sure, and I guess I just, even with folk music, you're going to get a lot of, like, yeah. multiple acoustic guitars. Yeah, a lot of polyrhythms and stuff that people yes. don't even pick up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember, I can't rem- I don't know if it was the first one. Um Oh wait, no. Actually, uh, Green Day was was the first like hard. My my babysitter brought over Dookie yes. on cassette. Nice, and that was I think the hardest. That was the first quote unquote hard thing. Although now, yeah, no, sure. Although now that's like a lullaby compared it's, to. But what it's we it's to. but it's relative though. Yeah. Uh, how old were you? Uh, that was what ninety four, nine, ten years old. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so I was maybe it was earlier than I think it was ninety two. Because I was listening to that in middle school, I believe. So, 92. Mm. So, how, how old have you been then? Uh, I would, so, I'd be seven. That's young, baby. That's yeah. young for some basket case. Yeah, boom, I, boom, boom, I boom, remember boom, boom, boom. 
uh, not quite understanding. I didn't understand until years later that that was about jerking off. Yeah, well, I mean, a long view specifically, but like that, yeah. that's that's the whole thing with any like we were talking about that with Cypress Hill the, mm-hmm. the, earlier. I have to cut that. This is gonna be this is gonna be a weird edit. The that's like that's a conversation we had at the end. There's a bonus part of this episode, guys. This is the very <laughs> end. The uh, we're, we're singing along to this stuff. No idea of what subtext is, lyricism, right. uh, poetic license or anything. Same thing going back. I mean, uh, ring my bell. You know, if yeah. you hear your mom singing in the car, ring my bell. It's yep. like, oh, I got a bell at home that I ring mom. And she's like, <laughs> hey, I ain't talking about that bell, baby. <laughs> you know? um, I mean, so uh, I got really into that specific Green Day and specifically Green Day's sort of uh, mythos. Mm-hmm. I fell into it. I was I started to nerd out about who they were as people and what made them into music, made their life into music. And I mm-hmm. think that's what turned me into the insane metal nerd that I am now. Because yeah. you look at you look at the individuals and go, Okay, well they, they love doing amphetamines and like everybody assumed that they were a pothead band, but uh, Billy Joel's always been adamant. Like, yeah, we did a ton of amphetamines. Nice. That's the name Green Day is, is a, the day after you do amphetamines, this green, like sort of gross coming down. Uh, okay. Um, there's a ton of references in the music if you listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went back and got their earlier catalog. So you have uh, 10,039 and then you have Kerplunk. Mm-hmm. And um, then when Insomniac came out, it was a little bit more like aggressive and more scratchy. And, you know, um, and that. Up, that was about the end of that, and then Rage came on for me. Pantera, yes, um, and Primus all came on at the same time for me. I'm getting goosebumps just remembering this. You listen to a lot of Primus, tons. I remember uh, my my friend who listened to at the time just listened to more stuff, so he had mm-hmm. be, you know more taste, more better reference. So he's the one who showed me like Primus and stuff. Uh, Sailing on a sea of cheese. I remember being like, yeah, I think I like this. I know. Very bass heavy, obviously. Yeah. Now I know at the time, I'm like, why does this sound different than everything else? So I came on like a fucking poser, and mm. Pork Soda was my first foray into that. Pork Soda? I remember Pork Soda. That was 95? No, 93? Yeah, 93. I think it was in fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Pork Soda came, um, and I I got it a couple years late. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Maybe a year or two late. And after that, I started collecting. I got... Uh, suck on this was there is their live album i got that and Sounds familiar yeah and uh these are I, things i haven't thought about in years god Elliot. i love primus so and then from from primus i started to notice references that they're making in mm. other stuff mm. and if you do research which again fucking huge nerd if you do research you look at where they came from mm-hmm. and all the people that they were around so like Oh, uh, you know, at one point, Les Claypool tried out for Metallica. Yes. At one point, um, you know, Les Claypool used to hang out with Schooly D, the rapper. That I did not uh, know. Yeah. At one point, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All these things, like they used to be called the Primates. And there's another band called the Primates, and they couldn't <laughs> be called the Primates. So they had to change and it. So, yeah. So, and Primates <laughs> are no longer around. Um, and you look at all the music that's coming out of San Francisco. Um, so Elsa Branty, right, is where they're from. But like, you know, San Francisco and that kind of area and whatever. Um so if you look at all of that stuff and you bring it down and then you keep doing more and more delving, there's a reference in uh, Air is Getting Slippery. He says, oh, but me, I'd rather play Residence, right? So then I find the Residence. Mm-hmm. And that is like opens the entirety of, they're the godfathers uh, of EDM music. Okay. Started in 1958 with the album Baby Sex. Like... 
58? 58. 1958, they were stretching reel-to-reel to make the sounds. Wow. Um, their demo, the reason they're called The Residents is their demo tape was sent to Warner Brothers, but they didn't put a band name on it, mm-hmm. so it was sent back, rejected, to The Residents. <laughs> and so they're, they're like, that's a pretty good name. Yeah. And um, they're still around. Um, really? Yeah. Nobody knows their identity. Everybody assumes that Homer Flynn is the lead singer because they have the same voice, but like... Clearly, other people have died and whatever, mm. and they've replaced certain people. Sure. Um, and Snakefinger died in '90 or whatever. And I'm I'm totally fine also with bands, legacy bands, like changing members so much. Oh, like the Meters. I don't I don't know the Meters. Oh, they're the the first funk band. Oh, are they? Yeah, but they continue though because they just their keep grandkids swapping. are now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I want um the whole. Not the whole point, but Guar is supposed yeah. to swap out the people in the costume so that Guar can continue forever with the same characters. But they they retired uh, Otis Arungus because, because Dave Bro- Brocky yeah, died. Yeah, because Brocky died. Yeah, he's he was the point was he was supposed to be able to retire and then sow some uh, Guar royalties in retirement, but right. uh, but instead he died. Uh, but that's the idea. Uh, Zayo they don't have a single original member in that band because of all the changeover. They mm-hmm. have members of that band that've been around for a long time, but they're not none oh, the original. Oh, yeah. It's like the old, uh, what do they call it, Houdini's wand effect? Uh, what's that? It's a, so I, I, a magician has Houdini's wand. Yes. And, um, you know, it gets old, so he replaces the little handle, and then he passes it on to his, his yeah. protege, mm-hmm. and then the tip breaks off, so he gets the tip repaired, mm-hmm. and then it's still Houdini's wand, and then he passes it on to the next uh, protege, you know, in the center, it gets that scratchy, part. so it gets it redone, whatever. It's still Houdini's wand, but none of the original parts the are original. still there. Well, that's like, uh, I think they just did this some, do you watch any Marvel stuff at all? A little bit, yeah. They, just, they just threw this out in WandaVision, the ship of Theseus, which mm-hmm. is, you take a ship... And it, it it comes infested with mold, so you replace every piece with an identical piece of, of that ship, right? So now right. you have a, a, an exact identical replica of the ship of Theseus. But then you take all that wood, and you clean that wood, and then you reassemble that into the ship of Theseus, right? So now you have the identical one, and, and the original one restored, reassembled. Which one is the actual ship? The one that you cleaned. Is it the Why? It's been reassembled. How do you know you put all the pieces back in the right spot? And it's not the same thing. It's been it's been altered by the cleaning. Okay, so I have a, a huge knife collection, right? What is this? Uh, we're back to the knives. No, now. no, no. Give me a second. <laughs> I have a hundred and thirty year old uh, Sabatier. It's a French knife company. Okay. okay. And this is before they were even called Sabatier. They were called Sabatier Trompette, right? Okay. And this knife has. God knows where it's been on its way to me, right? And it's now retired. It just is on my wall. Mm-hmm. It's there. Um, I personally have had to refinish it. The The furniture, the wood part is original. Mm-hmm. But everything else has been re-polished and then allowed to patina again naturally by me three times. Okay. So, like, is that the same? If I allowed the rust to build up and stuff, it's, it'd be unusable. It'd be terrible or whatever. I mean. No, that's fine. But I'm saying then what if you then took that. That's different because it's still just, it's still with two pieces. Mm. It's different to then disassemble two pieces and then reassemble them. It's not the same argument. It's like, oh, it's so disassembled. I mean, the spirit of it's gone, though, once you take all the time away from it, right? That's true. And isn't that what we're arguing about, the spirit? Yeah. So, like, go go to, go to Metallica, Let's do right? It. So, you have the original bassist, Cliff, dies. Rest in peace. Yeah, sorry. A bus has crushed him in half. That yeah, sucks, man. Fell on him again. That story is crazy. Yeah. I mean, they did a lot of drugs. That's true. He was probably fine. Uh, um, he was, yeah, he probably slept through the whole thing. Uh, Newstead. Newstead comes. And Newstead brings something to the crew that uh, is very, very different. Mm-hmm. 
even though like he's much more aggressive even though cliff was technically probably a better bassist yeah uh new said uh famous or not so famous band flotsam and jetsam he was in before and i think after mm-hmm. um yeah i think he did go back to yeah so um he he brought a more aggressive tone to it less less um fiddling and more just like straightforward chugging and good mm-hmm. which actually matches Lars's terrible drumming better be- because it it it's his drumming so simple that yeah. it like emphasizes the beat more. It gives it, it gives the drum something to latch onto. Yeah, as opposed to a clip going. Yeah, yeah. kind of Jacob Astoria, Stanley Clark level. <laughs> uh, uh, and then Trujillo comes around. So I I was way off the bandwagon by the time because he was with Suicidal Tendencies and Infectious Grooves before, and yeah. I loved him in that. And he also uh, toured with Ozzy in the nineties for. Uh, on his Osmosis tour, that was the band he put together. That was the last album I listened to of Ozzy. Yeah, yeah, me Osmosis. too. Yeah, I think it was the last album everyone listened to. The okay. um, <laughs> see you on the other side. Uh, he was the bassist, the drummer for Faith No More, to do with the long dreads. Yeah. Yeah, he was the drummer, and was Rhodes still there? No, because this is '94. Oh. Rhodes is gone. So this was Zach Wild. May have been Zach Wild. It may have been Zach Wild. Yeah. A pretty um, pretty killer fucking I'm kind of man. impressed that I remembered all these people. <laughs> yeah. So, man, yeah, we're getting the names. We're doing it. Yeah. So, um, but back to the Metallica analogy. Yes. yes. Um, you can see the effect of, <coughs> excuse me, you can see the effect of different bassists and time against all of these characters that we sure. know so well. Sure. I mean, all of these, Kirk Hammett, James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich, are all iconic human beings, mm-hmm. and we all know their story in our bones by this time. How many mm-hmm. times have you seen the VH1 behind the music of Metallica? I, I mean, those behind the musics were some of the best television right. ever. So good. I would love for them to bring it back, but like, I wouldn't want to watch Little Wayne behind the music. It would be good though. It'd be interesting. It would be good. I'd watch it. All right, yeah. Take maybe it back. maybe a be. little Zan one would be pushing it. Yeah, I would, Waka Flocka can not happen. It's there, fine. there we go. Yeah, Little Wayne's all right. Um, but so so anyways, um, then so we they, all know their story. We're, yeah, they get, then they lives. get sober. And yeah. all the old school thrash heads are like, fuck Sober Metallica, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Black Album comes out. Um, and then you see them mature in a way that I think not a lot of people expected. And I know that I'm going to catch a shitload of flack for this. Mm. But I actually enjoyed Black Album, Load, and Reload for what they are. Mm-hmm. They're not Metallica of, of uh, Kill 'em All. The, the thrash they're Metallica. Not, yeah, yeah, they're not No Life Till Leather. But they were fucking teenagers when that shit came out. I'll say this. I think Kill 'Em All uh, sucks. I do not like that album. Uh, Dave Mustaine can suck a dick. I know you're you're a Megadeth fan. No, I'm okay. Because I listen to to Offcuts. The technicality of Dave Mustaine far surpasses surpasses the technicality of Metallica. That's Uh, that's all I'm arguing. That's fine. Mechanics versus Four Horsemen. That's fine. It's the same fucking song. His his songwriting. Welcome! His his songwriting sucks. Yeah, I mean. You got Peace Cells, who's buying, and that's it. And then you have. Hangar 18. and then I do the Will Smith thing where I motion Metallica. Oh, look at all yeah. this amazing music. No, I'm not saying. Okay, so you, uh, crush them. Terrible, but like Hangar 18, mm-hmm. Return to Hangar. I thought those were cool. They're they're kitschy. He's got a sort of he does fun. Have a, he does have a sound. Yeah, he, I mean, Getty Lee sounds like an 80 year old woman. We still all <laughs> fucking love Rush. Uh, his singing, I'm salesman. His, his singing is my least favorite part of Rush. But I mean, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Sometimes, it's the same thing. Like, um, my point being, I forgot what my point was. Talking about Metallica maturing. Uh, Kill em All blows. I can see you getting shit for Load Reload, but no one should give anyone shit for liking Black. That album was a number one hit for 
like years. It was on the Billboard Top 200 for five years running, the here's, longest running, one of the best selling metal albums of all time. Here's what I'm gonna say. Some though. people just get a little bitchy because maybe it's a little commercial. Load and reload. It's amazing. Are the are the um, the plasma that that burst butt rock, that burst all the stuff that we now despise. That's the prototype of like uh, Nickelback and all Nickelback, that. Nickelback, Creed, they, fucking Stained. Uh, yeah. it, it all okay. stems from that. Okay, and around the same time, you also have bands like Stuck Mojo and Drain STH mm-hmm. coming. I don't know if you listen to those guys. I definitely know Stuck Mojo. Yeah, Drain STH is like the female equivalent. Um, yes, um, they're well, the proto kitty essentially. Wow. I completely that, that blew yeah. my mind. That that unlocked like a weird thing in my right. memory where it's like yeah, it's yeah, all yeah, around yeah. that same time. It's it's uh, all tied to wrestling memories for me. Some weird yeah, reason. oh yeah. yeah, oh Stuck Mojo, Stuck Mojo's super into wrestling. wrestling. That's why. That's yeah. all they talk about. Yeah, and okay. fucking getting drunk. And uh, they were like, the South. D- there were DDP. Yeah, there yeah. were Southerners from Georgia. Were they? I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. But uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So that, that that's the birth of all this stuff. That all the butt rock. Yeah. So you look. I mean. Stuck Mojo, arguably the first new metal band. Mm, interesting. When the ninety seven Stuck Mojo predates ninety seven. They're early nineties. Were they really? Yeah, they're first. I, I guess I'm just thinking of when I quote became Got aware it. of them when I yeah. was like fifteen. Oh, 16. they were probably pretty much done right then. That's true. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there has to be a proto version of these bands. Yeah. So like Limp Biscuit can you can draw a direct line from and fuck Limp. I mean, but three dollar bill, y'all, was revolutionary at the time. It's a great album. Well, yeah. But the, then again, it's all West Borland. Like West Borland's yeah. the guy. But then Fr- Fred Durst has like the it factor that really pushed him over the edge. And again, for, uh, unpopular success. opinion. I I fucking love Nookie for the technicality of that riff. <laughs> hey, the song is dumb. Like again, mega popular. It was such a huge hit. I'm not going to begrudge anyone for liking. West a designed a four string guitar specifically for that riff. That's funny. Why? You see, that, that was such a '90s thing. So it's like presence of the United States. Those yeah. guys. Like, no, we have. I have two guitar strings on my bass guitar. Like, we're all doing crazy shit. Well, that's that's the beginning of stuff that started happening with um, pre-gent, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Stuff that started happening with, like, Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum, right? Mm-hmm. They would take a whole piano and tune it all to E and then smash it with a fucking hammer. And the turtle popper <laughs> that they invented, that kind of stuff. But then when you get into... But that leads directly into what we're... And that, plus Ingve Malmsteen, essentially, sure. is going to be... Um, Meshuggah mm-hmm. and uh, animals as leaders mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and periphery and like all of these guys that are they're amazing gent players mm-hmm. and um, I mean Tosa Nabasi from Animals as Leaders oh, is is the culmination of all of these evolutionary let's call them experimental missteps all the all the techniques that yeah. people have been trying all the years yeah I mean he, think he found the way it. to put them all together think about just the line of uh, to take a step back like think about all the line of bassists right so you have you have bassists, classical uh, stand-up cellists, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have bassists in like rockabilly and Dixieland and whatever in mm-hmm. country, and yeah, then you yeah, have yeah. then you have electric bass that actually starts to. And country music really took electric bass to where it is. That's true, Johnny Cash. Yeah. I kind of yeah. drive it, right? Yeah. But then guys come on the scene like Stanley Clark, Jaco Pastorius, Victor Wooten, mm-hmm. and then you go on and on and on there. And then, so from Stanley Clark to an Isley, uh, God, what's the Isley Brothers bassist? Um, I can't remember his name, but the the guy from um, George Clinton Parliament Funkadelic, mm-hmm. Bootsy Collins, Bootsy Collins, not just Bootsy though. They're, so Bootsy was and his rubber band. Bootsy was the lead bassist, and you also had um, yeah, and then Bernie. Warren. He, he had like a band of bassists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so you draw a direct line of like we're all 
standing on the shoulders of giants, yes, each one of us. Absolutely. And so when you go back and you say, okay, uh, fuck Limp Bizkit, mm. fine. But the stuff that Wes Borland did influenced guys like Tosin Abasi along with really, really amazing It's all part know, of the stuff. stew. It's an ingredient. If you take yeah. it away, what we have now wouldn't be the same. It's all part of that modern gumbo we got. Tobin, <laughs> I would just like watch, pull him up on YouTube, and mm-hmm. there's, there's videos of him just like, in a studio by himself, just playing guitar. Like I do this riff. He's like, nah, 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 and, and then doing all the the, the repeating pedal stuff. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so entertaining to watch that dude. But I mean, I can remember, and I'm not a good guitarist. I play very hammer fist. I, I I I'm terrible. I played several instruments, but all very poorly. Except, yeah, I mean, that's except that, for drums. I say the same thing. I play yeah. drums, bass, guitar, all bad. Yeah, I used to be a very talented drummer, but I haven't played in years. I'm sure all my chops are gone. But, but you used to be good at it. I started playing at four. Well, then yeah, you definitely would be good at it, right? <laughs> for sure. Played from four years old till uh, twenty three. So you could recall some of that. You probably couldn't be as good. Well, maybe I don't know if you if you wanted to be. If I if I went back to practicing four hours a day, yes. yeah, <laughs> I bet you wouldn't even need that. You know what? You would get you back on the road of playing drums, mm. rock band. No, I Expert hate level. I hate all that. Why? I hate Guitar Hero, rock band, because it doesn't feel right. What it do you does, mean it doesn't feel right? Because so the way I play mm-hmm. is very percussive. So like mm-hmm. just for guitar, for hammer ons, yeah, tons like Petrucci style. Yeah, and you can tons. and you can play that on Guitar Hero. The way I mean, the last Guitar Hero I tried, it was like not. It wasn't I can liking show, I, what I do. Man, I show you two clips of people who just play the whole time. They're tapping the fret and doing runs like that. Now Guitar Hero seems to be played. I just see these videos on YouTube. Uh, the, the the runs seem to be designed so that unless you do hammer-ons, pull-offs, and all that shit, it's not going to work. Like, there's no way you're going to beat that shit on expert level. Okay. Have you ever tried Rock Band, uh, the drums? No. No, I, I was never into it because when I... I because it didn't, it didn't feel right. The bad taste yeah, yeah, sure. it felt wrong. I always wanted to kit break a uh, Guitar Hero guitar <laughs> yeah. and make it, yeah, make it all like um, uh, corded in fifths, kind of like just install a keyboard into it, and then you can change octaves on the volume. That'd be fun. Right? Yeah. And then, so you could literally just play Guitar Hero guitar. Actually, yeah. in a guitar style. I mean, they do design the chords in a way that's like... So there's five buttons, so they want you to hit, like, these three buttons, so you're making that very familiar, like, chord... Power chord. Yeah, hand motion or whatever. Um, with the drums, though, like, I went, I was all in. I bought the periphery uh, cymbals really? that you could attach. Yeah. And, and then if I knew the song well enough, I could choose to, instead of just using the pad for the hi-hat, I could use the cymbal for the hi-hat. Like, I knew... The, right. the color, which way it would work. And it felt like playing, like, man, this is like playing an electronic drum kit. But with well, uh, that's the, the, the color coding helps you, like, get in the time and it helped me get my, my limb separation going. Because that's the hardest part, obviously, of playing drums. I was doing, like, I rush always, expert So stuff. I'm left-handed. So that... And then hit our left hand. Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is I'm left-handed, so the world was not built for me. So no, I, it's not. That sucks. So <laughs> I, had, I had four limb independence just naturally. Oh, okay. Because my had, life you was just like that. Okay, so I okay. play every instrument right-handed, but I play... Even drums? Open. Yeah. I play everything right-handed. That's fun. I, I shoot a gun right-handed, play pool right-handed, whatever. But you, but you can do things with your left hand. Um, I use knives with my left hand. I... I uh, fork and knife chopstick whatever um but like i drink with my right hand 
Drink. I hold a cup with my right hand and I eat with my left hand. Oh no, dude, that's advantageous. Oh, but it's the same thing with a spoon. Like I, so if I'm eating ramen, I hold chopsticks with my left and spoon with my right hand. Yeah, I can never. I actually am bad at the whole chopsticks and spoon thing. Mm-hmm. I, I just got to do one or the other. I don't like. You got to do the thing. And yeah. This ain't a food podcast. Yeah. Actually, Take it back. Your podcast is a food podcast. But we don't. I mean, we always just talk about sex and drugs, anyways. That, that's true. There's a lot of sex and drugs <laughs> and CrossFit talk and and wall climbing talk. Yeah, I've noticed. Um, so getting into the modern stuff. Yes. Well, it's like what got you into, I just learned the term gent recently. Really? Yeah. Like within the last, I mean, it's a really broad concept. I I, I realized that when I looked at the Spotify list, I was like, Oh yeah, I know some of this and some of this that does not sound, but, uh, well, you have like that, that was news gen- to me though. It's just like with the post hardcore stuff, you have like yeah. math core and grind core and yes. na core, whatever, and and gui core and whatever. So you also have the same thing. <laughs> what the hell's gui core? And all the bands that like when the breakdowns go gui, <laughs> like it's terrible. just not not on board. Uh, people Someone are working. There are people working too hard to try to come up with new stuff. There's no more new metal anymore. There's new. What? There's nothing new. <laughs> the only thing people can do that's new is like production stuff. Have you heard? Um, God, now I'm drawing a blank. Fucking um... Genghis Tron? No, no, no. Hold on. Because they probably selling Genghis Tron. Keep have, you ever, have you ever seen Genghis Tron? One of the best shows I ever it's saw at, at the social was Genghis Tron. They had uh, all these lights on stage behind them timed to their to their keyboards. They had five, six keyboards mm-hmm. uh, set up on stage. There was only like two, three guys. One guitarist. It was fucking awesome. It was so cool. God damn it. Now I'm never going to fucking... It'll, it'll come to you uh, uh, later, in the like when something. I'm at home. <laughs> no, during this episode, it'll, it'll jump out at you. Um, like, Dillinger Escape Plan, I Ooh. got into him in high school. Right. And uh, and Pantera, like, middle school, going into high school. So that already, like, primed the pump for me. So by the time I got to college, uh, between the Buried and me, started putting stuff out. Yeah. And Every Time I Die is first uh, EP. Like the one with Romeo Gogo on it. I think that's the only one I really ever liked. No, Romeo Gogo is Hot Damn, which okay. is their second full length album, their third release. Mm-hmm. They have one before that called Last Night in Town, which is really good. I think it's really good. But that one and the one before it is, they're way more, they sound closer to the Under Escape Plan. They're more, really? Yeah, they're a little more mathy, a little, a little more intense. Um, but the writing, the songwriting isn't as good as Dillinger or what Every Time I Die would eventually. You're talking about from a composition standpoint or lyrically? or uh, Composition. L- the lyrics is uh, always been the strongest uh, standpoint, actually, of, of Every Time I Die, I think. Really? But, yeah. yeah the, the guy's lyrics, like Keith Buckley, his lyrics are great. His lyrics are so good that when he put out a book, I was like, oh, well, let me get this book and read the book. And then the book sucks. Yeah. And I got very disappointed by that. I mean, I think that the, the format, though... Is so chaotic. Um, I did when I was recording an album gosh, years ago. I was recording an album, mm-hmm. and um, the studio owner's band also had like a rec- like a practice studio space right mm-hmm. next door. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just bored in between. Like the guitarist was recording tracks, and I just was dicking around. And I liked what they were doing, and I just jumped in on vocals while they were practicing. <laughs> yeah, and I I felt their uh, it was a band called Synaptic Defect. I have no idea if they're still around, but um, but I jumped in and I could feel their transitions coming. It was so naturalistic and so cool. And this was before I was really into the mathier stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing Daughters between the Buried and Me, uh, Red Cord, and all Red that, Cord, and, yeah, sure. and being like, eh. 
I still like Primus more. I still like the funkier, groovier side of it. Okay. I was still more Bungle mm-hmm. than, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, oh, Bungle's so fun. But, and then over time, I, I was like, wow, this, these like, these really abrupt, really like intense transitions. You're talking about like the red chord. Mm-hmm. They'll stop in the middle of it. Yeah. And then just go. Yeah, it's like, bing. Yeah. Whoa, that's crazy. And then they go into the off time, like seven eights over six, or seven eights over 15, 16s. And like, you're just like, what the fuck yeah and it rotates and goes through these syncopated rhythms i was gonna get really nerdy here <laughs> like these syncopated rhythms and polyrhythms on top of each other going back to uh shout out to mashuga mm-hmm. mashuga plays most their songs in four four mm-hmm. but they'll play 17th 16th so for every measure you have a dangling like one that, beat yeah so that it causes a um a rhythmic truncation so the as the song is rolling, you'll have one beat that's that's sort of shifting it, and then they'll take that out and add, and they'll go into another odd number set across mm-hmm. four four to make it all fit. No, to make it not fit, and then they'll change key. So like, uh, listen to uh, bleed or uh, God, was it? Um, yeah, bleed. something cut. That the the drummer for that album. That's like what? Not even, not that long ago. It's not that old of an album. Um, didn't he have to learn a whole new way to drum? Just to, and then he wrote the song. Yeah, the dude, the drummer writes most of the songs, and like he's like, I'm gonna, I purposely write this shit as hard as possible, and then I'm gonna have to relearn a new way to play drums to play my own shit. Polyphia, that's the name of the fucking band. I knew you would do it. God damn, I knew you would do it. Yo, Poly- <laughs> Polyphia is one of those the the drummer. Shout out to the drummer again on this one too. The mm-hmm. the math on it to end tight, to end yeah. perfectly on yeah. all of that stuff. It's he's like a fucking metronome. It's man. hard enough to for a whole band to end tightly on a one, two, three, four. Like yeah. I, I want to do the same thing at the same time. That's hard as fuck. And then you wanted someone to like do it in all complicated manner. Uh the first time, even though I was listening to like Dillinger and shit, mm-hmm. I, I really was just latched on to the punk rock chaos of it, right? We're talking uh calculated infinity. Yeah. Um forty three percent burnt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. That's <laughs> that's, that's the anthem. Um and then it's it's pre-internet, you know. I mean, there's internet, but shitty late '90s internet. So just stories of a, a fire breathing at these shows, like right. what? That's a thing. Um, but it was Tool, yes, that got me into what you say, sacred come, numbers. Like how come shit is uh, like it doesn't sound like it's lining up, but then also it is lining up. Like the, the the weird progression of of the different math and all that. Like Lateralis specifically. Is the album that My like least favorite album? Man, well, ten thousand days. Least I was gonna favorite. say you listen to ten thousand. No, days? ten thousand days least favorite than lateral second. Ten thousand. I am the TV. It's like Maynard. Go back to just drink some wine, but his mom died or something right around there. Uh, oh well, that's sad. Yeah, um, and then the one that just came out too was also eh, Fear Inoculum. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. It's okay. The, I, you know, nothing, what? I, I'll just be happy to have some new tool. How about nothing that? beats <laughs> Anima. The Anima, Anima, Anima. However you want to say it. However, it's it dealer's choice in that one. The whole sure. album fits perfectly. Um, um, and then, but inside of that, okay, all right. No, no, go ahead, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Go inside ahead. of that, each, so there's there's different things, um, and I've actually heard Dana Carey, he did a, um, he did a drum uh, session or whatever, mm. talked about this. Cool. But he did a, a, a talk on eulogy, right? Mm, okay. Eulogy specifically, in the third movement of it, there's a high a syncopated hi hat thing that is just mind boggling to watch even in slow motion. Mm-hmm. You're just like, yeah, because he's a beast. He's like, okay, yeah. Danny Carey is one of the greatest 
is it maybe one of the most underrated too in terms of? Do you think he's underrated? And it depends on what circle you run in. That's the thing. I like if, uh, if you're talking to people who know Tool and and metal. Like, all oh, Tool, yeah, all Tool fans are dickheads, including me. That's true, though. All it, of us. It's, it's very unfortunate. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I no go ahead. I I th- no no no. I I think that it bears mentioning that at the same time that I'm into all of this incredibly esoteric nonsense, like a Clowncore mm-hmm. just put out a new album called Van. And they recorded it in a van, but um, <laughs> does it uh, sound like it was recorded in a van? Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, the, the the music is amazing, but like it's it's specifically it's like John Zorn, Naked City, that kind of like insane tech acid jazz mm-hmm. nonsense. At the same time, I'm listening to that. I will turn around and put on like still go back to uh, Static X, Wisconsin Death Trip. It is a perfect album. <laughs> it's it's like Back to the Future. It's it is written and composed perfectly with three notes. What was, <laughs> what was the the big hit on that one? I'm a stupid. Is that the title track? She's a loser. She said. No, that was not the no the one where he keeps going like ooh during the chorus. Yeah, or something. you push it. Yeah, yeah push, push it. it. Oh my god. Rest in peace, Wayne Static. What, what, didn't the guitars get busted for uh, child porn or something know. like that? I, think I know that, Wayne died. Wayne's dead, and one of the members of the band for sure got busted for some gross. That, that doesn't negate anything about that album, though. Uh, speaking of, you want to talk about, I don't know about perfect album. Perfect such a big word. I love Laterals. I think that album's incredible. I also love it, Eulogy, and I'm, and I'm never going to argue anyone who wants to say that they like Eulogy better than yeah, excuse me. I don't yeah. Know. yeah, because you said eulogy. I'm never going to argue against anyone because it is an amazing album. I love every song on that, but I don't love every track on it because so, there are tracks you got to skip, man. I like more tracks on Enema than I do on. Like Lotto you ain't Alice. you ain't you ain't sitting there listening to. Yeah, I do. Just skip it, man. I do. It's nonsense. I go to the whole thing. Just get me to the to, to what that's leading to. Not H. Hooker um, with a penis. No. Is it the undertow? Yeah. That album is a perfect album. That is all killer, no filler. Okay. For the kind of tool that it was at the time. You gotta it's take not the it, tool that I love. You got to take it with the context of time. Absolutely. Right, but it's not yeah. the tool that... Tool changed from, throughout their first uh, yeah. three and a half albums. Lateralis is sort of an animal plus type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then 10,000 Days is like Lateralis minus. So let's not worry about that. Yeah, so we'll we don't talk about that anymore. But, but people really don't. They, they, truly, <laughs> they, they truly, truly don't. Uh, I look. Oh man! I mean, of the pots on there is pretty good. There, there are still yeah. The pot is the pot is like the one song. And Vicarious is on there too. Yes, and uh, Fear Inoculum similarly has like two or three songs. Like yeah, yeah. I can do. I these. still Vicarious is on at least three of my rollerblading workout <laughs> playlists. Uh, is it all metal? Well, not on the rollerblading one, but isn't your like a work playlist like a lot of metal and stuff? It depends on the day. So like we go back and forth. like I really really love bubblegum pop from every era. Okay, no matter what, mm-hmm. because it's written by fucking insane studio geniuses yeah. that were trying to milk us for all our money. That's very true. So like if you listen to Christina Aguilera, if you listen to Britney Spears, it's composed beautifully. Right. It's meant to yeah. <coughs> get into your brain and be an earworm. Yeah. Oh, Faya's coined the term butterworms. Butterworms. Those are those are songs that get in your head that you like to be in your ear. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I, I like as opposed that. to earworms that you don't that are annoying to it's you. It's like I gotta get inside of my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I mean and I, I have to um I have to to give a sh- uh, I have to give the devil his due. 
you know what I mean? Like I, um, I was lucky enough to be friends with a guy, um, who was a studio musician for Britney Spears and, and knowing, watching him play his music when he played dive bars in Mm -hmm. a band called Spider Monkey, which is actually an anagram for uh, sperm donkey. So they'd play both. They would be both bands. Okay. Um, like, uh, He's an amazing all-around musician. He used to play this beautiful Ernie Ball four-string bass. Like God, I fucking I idolize this dude. Mm-hmm. He's a little, he's a little older than us, and um, and and then he was a studio musician for Britney Spears, and and at the time as a kid, I was like, what the fuck? How could you fucking? Yeah. But I didn't understand. I'm fucking stupid. I was a kid. I didn't understand that like the technicality that it takes. He's reading sheet music. It's composed beautifully. Mm-hmm. Like it's it is a and he has to play it perfectly when they're yeah. out there or in the studio because yeah. Uh, I mean they're paying a lot of money for that shit. Yeah. It's not there just fuck around like oh we that loop turn out one again. Yeah, that Lou Pearlman album or that Lou Pearlman era of stuff. Ron Perlman, Lou Pearlman, Lou Pearlman, Lou yeah. Pearlman. Yeah, we're talking I late mean, ni- late nineties in sync. Like go back and listen to In Sync. That again, that shit was popular for a reason, right? Yeah. It was mega popular because it's like scientifically made to yeah. to be great. Four four major chords mm-hmm. E. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the formula. But then they over they then you need that. I mean, the whole fucking show, the X Factor, right? The that it thing that you need. You need a Justin Timberlake in there, or else you're stuck with the 98 degrees because yeah. they have access to the same songwriters and the same choreographers right. and shit. Well, did you ever ever see that as a Swedish guy that wrote all of Britney Spears's hits? I didn't know that. Every song that she ever put out that was a hit, yeah, including "Hit Me, Baby" and all that stuff, was written by the same dude. Wow. That, and, guy, and that guy's awesome. It kind of broke up for a while. Yeah. And all her bad albums came out. And then with, uh, I think it was Circus or whatever, when she came back with Womanizer mm-hmm. and uh, If You Seek Amy and all that stuff. Like, those... Oops, back to that, that back guy? Back to that guy. Wow. Like, it's, all, it's all about those partnerships, man. Beyonce, uh, Girls Run the World or whatever, mm-hmm. written by four dudes. <laughs> those, those dudes are in touch with their feminine feelings that uh, be able to write such an anthem for the ladies. I don't think people really appreciate the the work that goes into terrible pop music. That's true, uh, to be fair. And it's like when we're younger, I'm sure you're... When you're younger, I'm sure you're similar to me where I was like, I don't want to, I took the Pantera route. I don't want to hear that trendy bullshit. If it's on the radio, I don't want to hear it. Although up until time, up until maybe 95, 96, I did get like Rage Against the Machine was on the radio. First I heard Korn, their first album was on the radio. Yeah. And that's like some dark, heavy stuff. That's not poppy, mainstream. There was a, I mean, Killing in the Name is not a single, but it was. There's a golden era of let's call it uh alternative rock and metal yes that was allowed on the radio mm-hmm. and not just like the crow or any you remember crow yeah right so it not just that like remember when more human than human the remake was on fucking just jrr uh, like that kind of stuff well used i was to play. Up, i was up in new york okay at the time uh 923 was was playing yeah, more human again. White Zombie. That's how yeah. I heard that. Thunder shit. Kiss sixty five. It like, was on the radio. Yeah, one hundred four one. Um, and then in the late nineties, I got into Seton Hall, uh, University. They mm-hmm. they had a college. I mean, I'm sure they still have it. College radio station eighty nine point five. But right. at the time, it was a hardcore metal station. So that's how I heard Poison Dwell for the first time, and God forbid, and a lot of uh, late nineties metal and hardcore. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> This is a weird story, and I'm I'm sure it's not worth telling. But it's uh, I got I got into Poison the Well because I had the and I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. I had the biggest crush 
on a chick named uh, Maite. And she was super into Poison the Well, so I listened to Poison the Well. Because and, uh, so it was only for, uh, for yeah the, for the chick. That's she funny. she was not into me. She ended up getting pregnant like a few months later. It was like, uh, game over. That could have been you. Oh no, God! That, I think that thank the you. Lord I don't have children yet. It, it I, all worked out. I mean, do you ever? Okay, so this is important to talk about in in those terms. Like I I touched on my father exposing me to music and stuff like that. Uh, if you have kids, are you gonna have kids? Maybe probably. I mean, not. I mean, I'm not closing the door on it, right? So I'm still I I love the idea of having kids, mm-hmm. right? The concept of raising another child and and being able to make the world a better place. Having a young mind for molding. Having a young mind that can can do better than I did, hopefully. Wow, that's always uh, <laughs> they can yeah, learn right. from some of that's my suppo- mistakes. That's supposed to be the idea. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what are we going to expose so, them to music wise? Um, I remember. I don't know that that kids can really handle a lot of the stuff that I would have to like dip them in slowly. Sure. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I didn't Primus. get. I didn't jump right into uh, the rock and rolls. It I didn't I, exist. I listened to when I was a kid. Uh, the music I listened to came from my mom, so it was like eighties Rod Stewart, mm-hmm. Beach Boys, uh, the Cocktail soundtrack. Uh, my uncle gave me an Elvis record to listen to because he liked older, you know, stuff right. like that. Um, and then I got into Weird Al. Oh, I love Weird Al. Weird Al. I had all of his albums at one point, I, up until yeah. Running With Scissors. And that's that's far enough. Yeah, yeah. I think you're good there. Um, mandatory funds, okay. The, uh, and then in, um, Alpocalypse. I mean, I, I don't have them now because I don't have CDs anymore, but well, I still well, listen yeah. to it. It's worth putting up on Spotify every yeah. now and then. The, um, what was it? My, the first... A cassette I ever bought was a single because I also didn't realize that it was a single. I thought I was buying an album. And it <laughs> Why was so cheap. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this is amazing. Because single, I was already very cost conscious at that age. That's mm-hmm. a, to give you an idea of my upbringing. The uh, Smells Like Nirvana single with Weird Al doing the baby, uh, naked baby in the pool. Yeah. And uh, I was in, baby. And then, but that is, so it's just him redoing the lyrics, but it's also now it smells like. He's just doing smells like Teen Spirit. It's yeah. the same thing. He he was he's doing all this incredible music that I'm listening to as jokes, but it's underneath. It's actually really good music that then gets me into listening to real stuff. It made the transition easier into quote real, you know, as opposed to everything's supposed to be a joke. Yeah, I mean, so I I kind of retroactively got into a lot of music. Um, not just because of Weird Al, but like a lot of... So grunge was a little early for me. Okay. But... Yeah, yeah because you're yeah. four years... Yeah. I'm 35 now. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're four years now. Um, like, I remember seeing on MTV Kurt Loder saying that, that Kurt Cobain's dead. So you um, would have been... I was in fifth grade, so you would have been uh, seven? Yeah. Six, something, something like that. Yeah. Um, 93? 92, 93. 93 yeah. yeah. 93 so, sounds right. Yeah, April 93, I think. It was. I just remembered that my friends were one year older than me. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who got me into a lot of music, too, and uh, Twin Brothers. I went over to their house, and they had, like, a cassette player set up, and they were recording stuff. They had a microphone, and they were, like, reading things that they wrote and, and playing. Like, they were doing a little Kurt Cobain Nirvana tribute thing because it was, like, the day after or some shit. That was, was kids, like, wow. kids, I mean, this is going to sound old. Kids these days, you got the SoundCloud, you got the, yeah. everybody can put stuff out. And so you used to have to, I talk about this a lot, just like, you know, it blows my mind how much music is out there and how much I get to find. Like, I'll find mm-hmm. a band on Spotify and it'll say like monthly plays, like, like less, a thousand, less, less than, than a thousand. thousand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, Jesus Christ, these guys deserve better. Yeah. Than then this. it's good. Yeah. yeah. You're like, what the hell? But, um, but then you see like, uh, 
Okay, this is a totally... I have to bring this up because I got into a fight with my girlfriend about this shit. Um, Run the Jewels. Yes. Okay. RTJ. For me, Mm -hmm. an incredibly famous group. Uh, I I thought they were insanely famous. She tells me no famous. No famous? No famous. That Killer Mike, uh, as an activist and as a icon, is in fact famous. But the band run or the group Run the Jewels is not a famous actor, like more on the outskirts. Interesting. But like... I mean, my younger brother didn't know who they were. I mean, but like, I think, like, uh, I mean, as of very recently, yeah, but like, Sparkmaster tape is like underground rap to me. I don't even, Sparkmasters, I don't even know what that is. Calabasas, check it out. It's fucking great. Okay. Um, okay. okay. I will. Or I will. like, Atmosphere, Sage Francis, sure, Mortal sure, Technique, sure. Yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Aesop Rock, Bus yeah. Driver, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, Bus Driver. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Fear of a Black Hat? Fear of a Black Hat? Was it Fear of a, was that the album? You know what I'm talking about. Fear of Black Hat's a movie. Fear of Black Hat's a movie. His album's called Fear of. Something else. I don't know that one. I imaginary places where I got on. Imaginary places. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. But the um. Oh yeah. So going back to the the kids thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm so divorced from reality mm-hmm. with food, with music, whatever. I'm so divorced from that. So when I talk to people, I get this like blank stare. It's like, oh, you you don't listen to Locust? Like for me, the Locust is a huge part. Of who I am, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. As a drummer, as as an intellectual, if you want to put it, it like is that, it, is it the white, the all white body suits that they wear that you latch on to? They went or? to green for a while too. Locusts <laughs> um, are fun. I think it's like you were saying with Tool mm-hmm. and with Danny Carey and the respect that he gets. It depends on the circle you're in right. and the music you're listening to. So in certain circles, Locust is it, right? In certain circles, RTJ, like why are you not listening to Run the Jewels right. all day? Uh, but then I guess they're just not as popular as we thought they were. So, but in, I really thought Run the Jewels was popular. in my mind. Yeah, and and we, actually during the discussion with my girlfriend, in my mind, I was right. Run the Jewels is fucking amazing. Yeah. She doesn't know what you're talking about. Well, amazing is one thing, but popular. No, is another, yeah, right? but, but yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, but I like fucking famous, right? Sure, sure. Because sure. Killer Mike had a show on Netflix. Yeah, like the whole deal. I think and, I two seasons, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and and so then I'm like, look. I'm going to look up how many plays they have on Spotify and let's look up what you think is. And then it was fucking 10 times more. Whoever she, whoever she, she randomly yeah, chose. Yeah. Like, uh, uh like, Marin Morris or something. She's shit. like, this is pop music. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Turns out she's right. Yeah. Here's the deal <laughs> is that it's fucking, um, again, going back to, I am so divorced mm-hmm. from reality sure. that like whatever I'm, plugged into for so long like oh obviously everybody knows the same thing i know mm. how could you not have heard of clown core how could you not have heard of you know x band that like sick polyphia is another one or jared dines uh the solo guitarist he plays a lot of gent stuff okay um or uh buried alive but it's spelled b-e-r-r-i-e-d and it's all fruit puns as the titles yeah uh chris caswell is the guitarist um He's so amazingly talented, and he's, like, YouTube famous. Like, he's got, like, a few million subscribers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, that's famous. Mm-hmm. But I have to remember that it's such an esoteric expression and form of music that, like... It, it's the, the, the potential for yeah. it is, is limited. The ten, it's, the, not, it's not like pop, where yeah. everyone... 
pop music is going to be played everywhere. Well, it's like the even fi- if you write a write the right rock song, it's going to be played as a, a an ad in commercials and shit, or or transition music for, uh, in, out of uh, sports events and stuff like that. Yeah, we'll never hear uh, fucking between the bird and me like quick transition on NBC. But why would? But uh, why wouldn't forty three percent burnt? Right. So for example, like that. It's a catchy riff, man. Yeah. For example. Totally unrelated to 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 uh, mathcore or any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The first time I ever heard of DLZ is at the end of season one in Breaking Bad. They play the song, uh, or sorry, TV on the radio. They play the song DLZ, mm-hmm. and it fucking. I'm getting goosebumps right now. I fucking love that <coughs> song, right? And because you heard it on a TV, what, what did you end up like shazamming it or what? I, I looked it up on the internet. I was up, like, yeah. uh, what is the, that? The yeah. playlist, yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah, DLZ, and I went back and listened to TV on the radio's entire back catalog, and was crushed. Oh, really? Nothing sounds like that song. They found the one that, song. That's the that's a fucking jam right there. That's super it's funny. got syncopated rhythms. His voice is beautiful. It just the the echo of like all the percussion is perfect and nothing else that they do lives up to that standard i found the golden thing well they found it and put it on their yeah. show and then you're like oh I, that sounds really good yeah because someone their music supervisor knew man you people who know you want to not get those blank stares mm-hmm. talk to like professional music supervisors from tv shows and movies and shit go talk to quentin tarantino's music supervisor if you, <laughs> if you wanted someone to keep up with you at every second of well the you way. know what's weird so steph um in real life, mm-hmm. Steph had some friends over to Orlando meets for like brunch or whatever, mm-hmm. and I stopped by to say hi. And one of the one of the people, the male part of the couple, composes music professionally as a pianist for you know commercials or whatever that mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, oh shit! So you like you're into it, right? Like you must fucking really love like all the way from like Cab Calloway, you know, big <laughs> band shit like Dixie and fucking Ragtime. Obviously, if you're a pianist, obviously you have Ragtime, whatever. Like, and I just started going off like, have you heard this, this? And he's like, just blanks there. And he's like, I listen to a lot of Yanni. I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> was he for real? He was for real. Wow. He's like, yeah, I just fucking love Yanni. But I mean, uh, you found you found the one, the one that's holding out for, for more you? Yanni. Now, when was the last time anyone mentioned Yanni in any context? What's the last time anyone mentioned Yanni not as a joke? Yeah, wow, yeah. And then he Kenny G, that same Kenny G. Uh, I just heard a podcast. We're already talking about Kenny G. People were just talking about Kenny G recently. How he actually has a sense of humor, and he's working on. Uh, I'm sure trying to do like shows to. and stuff. Yeah, to be yeah, exactly. Good old Kenny. But I mean, you got to imagine he's laughing all the way to the bank. And, and yeah, that goes back hell yeah, to, he is. so but that goes back to another to the same thing of being divorced from reality mm-hmm. is that when you grow up the way we did listening to all this metal you assume that these these acts that you listen to they're famous they're taken care of sure, whatever sure and then you meet cannibal corpse in daytona yeah <laughs> or oh, you know whatever God. or you find out yeah dillinger escape plan they retired because they were tired of touring in a van in their 40s yeah and i'm like they're still in vans yeah these guys they don't make they, any fucking money they made no money doing that shit i mean like um matt hafey the guitarist from um trivium another great band mm, yeah. another really fucking and they put out i feel like they are much more popular they're amazingly famous yeah right they do world tour not because of covid they do world yeah. tours and stuff but that dude lives down the street from me. Oh, does he really? Yeah. Oh, He's man. got a beautiful house, don't get me wrong. But, but still, like, he ain't living it up like, for real. You would think that a, a guitarist of that, I mean, he's got platinum records yeah. and all this other stuff, and he's amazingly talented, he's mm-hmm. super cool, down-to-earth dude, that whole deal. He's got a beautiful house, mm-hmm. but it's like... 
It's guess, not gated. I guess you can only get There's so far. There's not a Lambo out front. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Maybe the Lambo's but out back. But he deserves the Lambo. The Lambo's out back. I saw them at Janus Landing, boy, with Drew Cogburn, 96? I saw, uh, I saw Trivium. Uh, I think it was Matt, one of Matt's first shows, because he wasn't the original lead singer of guitars, mm-hmm. uh, at the Brent, Lake Brentley Battle of the Bands. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> And then years later, like he comes to eat in the shop and stuff, and Alex, the the drummer, comes mm-hmm. in, and like I fucking still nerd out, even like you know what I mean. They're part of our community. They're super cool or whatever. Yeah. But like you, in my mind's eye, they're fucking famous, a crazy fucking famous and rich and crazy. When right? I when I saw them, they weren't they were the second band. It was Gojira, them, and then Machine Head. They should have been opening over Machine Head. Yeah, because this was like in the two thousands too. Ain't no, ain't no one listened to Machine Head then. I went to go see Gojira. No. Yeah. Uh, have you ever seen? Yeah, seen I haven't seen Gojira. So it's pretty, pretty. I'm pretty good. My imagination, pretty good, is much too um, developed okay. to enjoy a lot of bands play. Oh, okay. Like I saw this is the 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 best example I can use. I saw the Flaming Lips, which is supposed to be like mm. one of the most amazing stage shows. Because, blah blah because blah. Because they do a stage they show. They do a stage all show. This stuff. But I was like. Why? Because I just fucking you. You weren't crying when they were like, uh, "What's that one song that makes everyone cry?" The only song I my favorite song from uh, Flaming Lips is "The Gash." It's my favorite thing they've done. Is that on a uh, Yukio? Soft Bulletin. See Simon on the uh, Simon on the album that everyone likes. Fights the giant robot. Yes. Yeah. No. Fuck that album. Soft Bulletin is the jam. That's a great album. Whatever, dude. Uh. <laughs> so is it was it too much? Like what? So. I was gonna say, what do you do? You want something on stage, or do you just want the, the people on, like, just to stand there? Do so their I thing? saw, I saw Cannibal Corpse at the station, right? I was like thirteen years old or something. Oh man, I remember the station. I went there exactly one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the original station, back right by t- the fucking Highlight place. Yeah, yeah, back in two thousand. Yeah. yeah, 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 by the Highlight. I went there yeah. one time. So for, I for some random. I show. saw Cannibal Corpse there. Um, I saw uh, that place was tiny, tiny. Yeah, super tiny. Yeah. Um, I've seen so many metal bands at Backbooth. I, 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 oh man, Backbooth! I saw was it original Backbooth or redesigned Backbooth? I saw a uh, Fall of Troy there. Okay, and that was fucking ridiculous. It was like second album Fall of Troy, so it was all just chaos and uh, like the way where we were standing, we could see him playing guitar really mm-hmm. well, and we were like, "Don't." Stare at the fingers or you'll fall into the wormhole. You'll get sucked into the vortex and you could spit out the other side all covered in goo. It was a fucking wild ass show, man, because it's so awkward in there yeah. with the way the stage is and shit. I don't know. I saw. Um, <clears throat> or it was. I mean, the place is gone. I saw. Uh, this is going to sound weird. I saw Orgy <laughs> play. Remember with, Orgy? Yeah. yeah. I saw Orgy play, I think it was House of Blues, whichever the one is in City Walk. City Walk is Hard Rock. Hard Rock, whatever that one. Yeah, that, that one's. It's like. So you can put two House of Blues inside that. Yeah. One, I think. That's so huge. here's, but here's my here's my thing. That was a more entertaining stage show than the Flaming Lips show. Why? What, what did they do? Um, they they were they were theatrical without it distracting from the actual music. Mm-hmm. So Jay, the lead singer, and I can't Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, the guitarist. He had like all of these experimental guitars. And as a as a guitar, like as a music nerd, you're like, oh, what's that doing? It has this weird crossbar and all this shit. Mm-hmm. And like uh Wayne is not a particularly charismatic singer from Wayne Coyne from mm-hmm. um Lips is not a particularly charismatic singer from my purview. Um their music is interesting 
tacitly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not really, really well written. Whereas, like, Orgy was one of those bands that crossed from being incredibly commercially produced. It was definitely for the masses. Yes. But it was also interesting from an emotional and musical standpoint because um, Ryan Shuck, the guitarist, had come from... God, I think it's called Rough Cut was the band that he came from. But um, it's, it's, it's actual, like, proper good stuff mm-hmm. it's like a techno techno metal and but the band that opened up for them joy drop was there too but they suck ass um <laughs> but there's a band in between the two that um they only ever made one album okay it's called video drone and the i mean the band's called video drone and the album's called video drone it came out in 1999 video drone drone okay. yeah not like the crodenberg thing okay um video called video drone and that that performance almost outshined the orgy performance. That's funny when that happens. But but to get to, to follow that same line of logic, the best show I think I've ever seen was my first real concert, which was Marilyn Manson in nineteen ninety six. Is that it? That's after Antichrist Superstar. I was gonna say it's after a portrait of a American family. Yeah. yeah, they weren't like touring on that. They were just going club to club yeah. and selling that shit out the back of their van. Yeah. Um so you were ten? Uh, 1996, pushing 97. So I was, yeah, 11 or 12. That's young, buddy. Yeah, my mom took me. Yeah. And it was, uh, like, that show, like, I guess he's a rapist or whatever. It's not good. But yeah, we didn't know. That's we didn't fine. know back then. We, we, talk, we just talking old concert experiences. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, he did costume changes. He cut him. He broke a, a bottle, a wine bottle. He cut his bleeding all over the place. Mm-hmm. He had these dry, you know, the drywall stilts, the tall stilts. I don't know the drywalls. What do you mean? They're like um, oh oh yeah, just yeah. like basic ass yeah, 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 yeah. huge mm-hmm. still. It's like metal frame, and he had the like he was at Universal. Yeah, the 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 cripple crutches that wrap around your arms. Mm-hmm. He was like crawling around like on that like on a stage. He's tearing books out of the or tearing pages out of the Bible. And for me, a 12, 11, 12 year old kid, this is like um, insane. This yeah, is, sure. This he's getting away with this. Yeah, yeah. And all the while outside, there's Christians protesting. It's a big deal. Now you can't. You know what I mean? Those, Nobody it, gives a fuck about any of that anymore. But back then, it, it was it, a, felt, it felt dangerous it was and real. Insane. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, he's like he's pretending to jerk off with the mic and fucking Twiggy's catching it in his mouth yeah, and shit. Yeah. Like all of that stuff is just like, oh my! I don't know. I was like, I was just. I mean, it's not a visual medium, but I was just dumbfounded and awe looking at this. I think it fucked up a lot of my because next year I saw Pantera mm-hmm. uh, and I saw Cannibal Corpse subsequently. All that, and then years later I saw Primus comparatively speaking primus is a very subdued stage show mm-hmm. but just to get to watch them be musicians it's like seeing bella fleck and the fleck tones mm-hmm. i don't know if you've ever seen them i have not seen them no I mean, victor wooten and uh yeah i mean like it was like actually want to watch them play yeah you all i want like it's like dream theater right <laughs> yeah. and i could just watch <laughs> their hands yeah, yeah just yeah. look at it yeah and they don't need to do anything. I told you, be careful about watching the hands. I you're love gonna, the hands. You're going to get sucked into a vortex. So I think you really have to separate concert experiences for their the ambiance and sure. the stage presence. Sure. Right? Like seeing the... I saw the gorillas, right? Mm-hmm. The first tour where it was just a screen. The big screen, And then yeah. the guys were blacked out on the bottom. It's like uh, I saw Death Clock. Metal... Yeah, Death Clock. Yeah. They did a similar thing. A big screen and they were yeah. underneath playing. Um, yeah, so you, they had that cool thing, but then you have also the the musicianship bands. Like I saw Sleep, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. Um, and and Electric Wizard tour together because Matt Pike's in both bands, mm-hmm. and like that for me was like, 
oh, you get to be like sweaty with another group of people. That's back when I used to like love the pit. Sure, sure, sure. You fucking oh. just letting some aggressive aggression that's all, out. That's also a young man, young yeah. person's game. I should oh, yeah. say. I mean, as soon as I hit twenty one, I graduated to the bar. Uh, I was like, I'm a drinker now. I don't, I don't have to do the. I get my aggression out in other ways. No, I was, I was into it up until I think until I started stop playing. Okay, and then it was just all concerts were kind of over for me. Sure, just. Cut off the valve completely. No, uh, no I mean, I was still, I saw Modest Mouse, I saw a few other bands and stuff, but it was just like, whatever, like, fine. Where'd you see uh, Modest Mouse? Oh, God, it was their last, it was 2017. Oh, reason I saw them, yeah. I only saw them once. It was, uh, what's the name of this place? Jack, Jack Rabbit something in Jacksonville, a tiny bar that's like mm-hmm. the size of the Copper Rocket. Uh, and it was for that album that, uh, everyone liked. <laughs> uh, good news for people who like bad news. Yeah, that shitty album. <laughs> Whatever. That all, I mean, that all sucks, bro. Look, I ain't no. Uh, anyway, Mean Satin Coffin. Um, there's a couple of good songs on there. Yeah, sure. There's always like a couple diamonds. There's in the always going to be something for for the decent bands, at least. Yeah, sure. But the two albums before that, Moon in Antarctica, and what's yeah. the one before that? The one before that's really the Baby one. Blue Sedan with uh with Cowboy Dan on it yeah. and uh, do, doing the cockroach. Yeah. Um, but I mean, going back to like the more esoteric stuff, like. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten to see like Mel Banana or The Locust mm-hmm. or uh, I never saw Dillinger, never saw any of those guys. Man. That's something that in intellectually I'd love to come out for. But at the same time, I'm not trying to get punched in the face. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like, you, you, I mean, you, they're, they're, again, the bar, you gotta, you gotta be willing not to get too close to the stage for someone. I'm going to be, I'm going to be up against the barricades. If I'm going, I'm going. I've only done that one time for like a big show. I've yeah. only done, uh, like at the barricade once, and it was for Tool. Uh, yeah. Here in Orlando at the old arena, the um, Lateralis tour. I saw them back to back. I saw them at the USF Sundome in Tampa, and then the next night they played in Orlando. So we mm-hmm. got tickets for both shows. And then uh, the Tampa one, I was up top. So I was like just chilling, watching the, the I show. I can't do it. It was fun I because you I get, have you, to be in it. You get to see everything, especially Tool. They had, you know, they had the acrobatics and the all the shit they got going the contortionist on. Contortionist and yeah, shit. Yeah, it's I ridiculous. Can't. I can't. From the barricade, you can't see it all. It doesn't matter. I need to be close. Oh man, I got to be up in it. I was so close. The the bass was making my chest. I was like, <laughs> this is this is wild, man. What an experience. The Melvin for them. That was a lot of fun. Hell too. yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't even listen to them, but I was like, it's really, really enjoying that shit. Uh, I saw Pantera at the uh, Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. And it was the last show of the Reinventing the Steel tour. Fuck that album. Which. I'm just pointing that out. It may be it's one of their last shows. I don't right. think it is their last concert, but it was one of the last ones they they did as a band. And it is top three concerts for me. One of the best shows I've ever been to. Because they stopped playing the new shit. Uh, they did a decent amount of songs of reinventing. Uh, they did they opened with Hellbound. Okay. And uh, when they hit the chorus and Phil and Samuel just screams Hellbound and the, the drums are just dun, 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 when they hit that part. Right. Um, there's a giant Pantera sign over them. Uh, on the stage made out of metal and it just lights up in fire and then they have gigantic Marshall stacks that are made out of stainless steel it right. looks like and those start shooting shooting fire and then the, the stage is just crazy the entire packed audience at the Hard Rock just all simultaneously arms in the air like screaming <laughs> in appreciation of the fire of the pyrotechnics and then for the next two hours it was just like the best thing ever a really nice mix of, of songs off all their albums it was cool. It was cool as fuck. Damn. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wish I... I mean, I saw them... It sounds like you saw them early. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe Great Beyond or... Trendkill. Trendkill. Yeah. Which is, I mean, those are good days, but they had a budget for... Yeah, they did not steal. have a budget. Yeah, they had a fucking budget. Um, what other... I'm trying to think of some of the, my favorite... What was the, Oh, you know what my first concert was? Hmm. My first was 12 years old, maybe. Smashing Pumpkins. At... Nassau that seems pretty fucking amazing. It was cool. It was towards the end of the Melancholy tour, yeah. and uh, okay. So, what did you think of Adore? Which which one was their that last one? album? That's the. Oh, you know what? I listened to their last album. Did it just come out last year? No, no, no. It was the one before they broke up. Oh no, because the, the uh, Corgan's now he's putting shit out again yeah. under the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, I barely remember it. I think it was off the Smashing Pumpkins bandwagon. Mm. By then, I was on for Siamese Dream. We will never be. <laughs> you know that song. I probably Ava Adore. I probably do. Um, yeah. Okay. I I remember it, but no. I I was uh, done with them by that point. <laughs> I, I I I had moved on to heavier pastures because that's right. like what early two thousands. Uh, God, time is slippery for me. Yeah, so I, by the time I started doing drugs, like there's a lot of black spots. Oh, that's fair. That's it's fair. just no, like kind of like I think I did that stuff. No, I that, don't know. That's fine. I understand that. Uh, I did write down a list of bands ahead of time, and then mm-hmm. we have talked about most of them. Yeah. Um, I was 17 or 18 when what was it? Not Revolver, some shitty metal magazine. A little blurb in the corner that featured this band that had like nine members. All wearing oh, red suits. I think I mentioned Slipknot. The, did you mention them? Yeah. The, the fucking. I was like, what the fuck is this shit going on here? Um, and it was like the perfect time for that real. Uh, that was a real weird mix of. Because did you have their VHS tape? No. Welcome to the neighborhood. No, not at all. Okay, so if you, it's probably out on YouTube probably now. Is on YouTube, but yeah. it was it was a few. It was all their videos mashed together with okay. like some random shit in it, and um, only off the first album. So that's not or pre first album. Yeah, that's not their first album. They never are right. There's, they always have. Yeah, it's like Pantera has those two or three albums. Yeah, that came three out. hair metal albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, their self titled album is is not their first album. Mate, feed, kill, repeat is their first okay. release. Okay, um, and I think it was self released or something. And it's it's I think half the members, and it's way jazzy and it's weird. Oh, that sounds totally fun. different. That sounds fun. Um, but yeah, so I was into Slipknot for their first album and first album only, basically. Why? Uh, just that was the one that I liked. And it was. It seemed very complete to me. Are we talking? Are we talking about the jazzy one? No, no, no. About? Talking about subtitle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, from stem to stern, from sick all the way to liberate, and all you know through the whole thing. Yeah. Only one. Yeah. Like those are very anthemic and very, very like it's, driving. It's a great album. Um, yeah, Slipknot was. I I get that it's hokey. I get it, but I just don't care. Like I don't give a fuck. When I was 17, 18, it was nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. I didn't think it was hokey. I was like, "This is this you got to remember some crazy looking shit." Slipknot, System of a Down. Oh man, um, that first System album. Yeah, I listened. Fucking... I listened to that every day. I had my friend's CD. That's can I borrow that? I listened to it every day for a month straight. I could not stop listening to that album. I'm pretty sure it was this girl's birthday party, but it was just some kind of party that we were all at this girl's house, mm-hmm. and I was in middle school. This is nineteen ninety nine. It's just leaving middle school mm. and seeing the video for sugar yeah fucking what the fuck did we just see yeah that's a weird video also the war video was weird yeah. too yeah and but it's, it's just, a weird album yeah. like there was nothing that sounded like system of a down at the time especially playing on the radio yeah. again that was on the radio on on mtv so when you're like fuck trendy music fuck, yeah. i don't want to fuck 
Everclear, fuck, uh, you know, three doors down. And then on the radio, you hear, like, well, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah, All right. Am I going to like this now? Can I like this? Am I allowed to like this? I mean, I, I followed Rage up through uh, Battle of Los Angeles. Yeah, those three albums and, are amazing. And I was just in for it. Mm-hmm. But whatever, man. Like, Man, I saw them free. Uh, really? Yeah, David, they played the David Letterman show mm-hmm. where uh, it was for uh, Battle of LA. They played Guerrilla Radio. Um, but instead of doing it in the studio, they had a show that night at the Roseland Ballroom, which is across the street from the Ed Sullivan Theater. So they right. just shut down the street between the two venues. And opened it up. They set up a stage at the end, and they put out the call, free show, free concert. Uh, and they played five songs. One of them was Ford Broadcast. Mm. One of them, Dave Letterman was like, because I watched the broadcast later, he was outside with an umbrella because it was raining, uh, saying, thanks for watching the show. Good night, while they were playing in the background. Mm. And then they played three more songs on top of that, including, and they're all hits. They right. played Killing in the Name was the one they finished with. There were cops everywhere to control the crowd. And people were like pointing at the cops. Fuck you. Oh, dude, what you tell me? And I was standing back like, I think shit's about to go down, man. This is fucking crazy ass. It was awesome. Free show. The only time I ever saw them. Yeah. I think lucky. they're, I think they're actually going back on tour. That's the word on the street. That'd be cool. I mean, but is That'd there cool. is there anything? But right now we're back to the ship of Theseus, though. Is the spirit the same, or or depends is it, on is how this it, old rage depends on how or, it comes back? Because yeah, right. they never really changed their message. Yeah, but well, yeah, Tom Rebel has stayed on point. Yeah. despite becoming uber successful and mega rich. Yeah, I mean, his uh, God, it's. He did a song. He did a whole album with like a bunch of different people, and he did stuff with Serge Tankian too. That's true. He did. Um, he's been empty walls. He's been trying other. to do a lot. I mean, yeah, all that's uh, the Audio Slave stuff. And the Night Watchman. Yeah. I don't really get into Audio Slave, but like, I, I didn't like it. stuff. I don't like it. I mean, it's just Rage with Chris Cornell <laughs> and Free. I mean, I'd, I'd rather listen to Soundgarden and Rage. Yeah, you, two <laughs> great tastes that don't taste great together. It, yeah, right. It's like. Uh, theoretically, Pantera breaks up. It's like, okay, great. Now I have two new bands to listen to, but they both damage plan. N- nope, no, thank you. And what was uh, his? I don't know, Phil. Yeah, he had one. Uh, he had a couple bands. Already. These are all bad. They're all bad. They're because all there's bad. a magic in yes the um in in the moment of what it is like mm-hmm. Tom Morello, like Zach's fucking insane uh anti government rants. Tom Morello's avant-garde guitar style although mm. it may be like deceptively simple it's still fucking super weird i mean when i was a kid i tried to play i was like how is he doing all this stuff it sounds a lot like of cutoff switches and shit yeah it's like knowing how to use your guitar yeah. and outside of just like smashing the strings which is what i was doing well he's like manipulating how the sound how the actual the frequencies of the guitar yeah. yeah 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 and i mean god uh do you remember Siapus? No, that does not sound familiar. Okay, so it's a, it's a math metal band. I, they're like on the same level as like Between the Bear to Me, but I don't think they were ever quite as famous. I'm okay. not, not even sure if they're still around. But the I saw them one time, and the guitarist was I I think he was sponsored by ETD. He was sponsored by some guitar company, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he would he was playing a solo, and he would grab the whole guitar off his body by the whammy by the tremolo bar and just shake the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah, and and. Like he was breaking guitars left and right, yeah, sure. And so they kicked him off the signature <laughs> series. But like, I mean, he was doing stuff like a uh, kind of horse the band mm-hmm. level weird. Oh, we haven't gotten into that whole category. Uh, uh, like I wrestled a bear once, horse the band. I definitely horse the band is definitely my go to. Number twelve out of that. Uh, I saw them at the social. I saw so many good bands at the social. Um, they were fantastic, like super tight. And this was when 
Uh, they already had put out their pizza EP, mm-hmm. so they played everything off that. I think they played the turtle song, and the drummer was definitely his his shirts were getting tight tight on him. Not the drummer, <laughs> the singer, the singer, yeah. the, the one who loves the pizza. That was that was a lot of fun. Have you seen Red Chord? No. When I saw them, the singer couldn't stop smiling the whole set. <laughs> he was having such a good time and it was like it was a social so it's a small place but right. it wasn't that packed at all like i was standing at the bar very comfortably with drew Sakagra and drinking some beers watching this set and uh but the floor area which is kind of small was mm-hmm. packed and they were going crazy for the music so it made the show very enjoyable right. uh, thank god for those kids and the singer was just like feeding off all of them cheesing the widest smile the whole time but what he sings is like ooh and super yeah. scary and heavy but then just smiling smiling bopping his head too the whole time like well, that's just bopping it. I his mean, head to the music that's that's the dichotomy and I've gotten to, gotten into it with so many people over the years uh, you look at like uh, George Fisher Corpse Grinder yes. from Cannibal Corpse yes. this is the one I love to talk about because he looks like a fucking mountain his neck is wider than his head he is a giant right yeah and he sings about peeling the flesh off of dead virgins yeah. and, and, and fucked with a knife mm-hmm, and all this. Mm-hmm. And then you you hear interviews with him. Or you can actually just go to like Ybor City and see him if you want to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, he's probably and, just on the street drinking. In Tampa. Yeah. And, um, and then you talk to him and he's just a fucking cuddle bear. He's so nice. <laughs> yeah. He smiles. He's just, hey, how's it going? I don't know, whatever. And uh, I saw an interview with him talking about how much he loves EverQuest. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, he's like just EverQuest <laughs> campaigns. He's like Jesus Christ! What a nerd! Because the dichotomy is you, people that that write and produce and enjoy that kind of music are using that to vent mm-hmm. the violent tendencies that boils under all of us, and they're and they're pushing them to the extremes on purpose. Yeah, uh, a lot of people didn't know that Slayer has always considered themselves to be a satirical band. Like, yeah. all that rain and blood shit, it, it, they push it to the limits because they're like, this is absurd. Was well, you ever listen to funny. Devourment? Devourment? It's a, no. Imagine Cannibal Corpse from Texas. <laughs> all right. Okay. It's <laughs> super low, super sludgy, super grindy, yeah. fucking amazing, okay, right? Okay, okay. And um, their first album is Molesting the Decapitated, right? <laughs> and then... Oh, my God. Like I, Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, That's it's so... <laughs> obviously they're not doing this. Right. Um... But yeah, so you go back to uh, you know uh, I come blood from fucking Cannibal Corpse mm-hmm. and um, God, I think about all of the the horrifying shit that they talk about. Um, Addicted to vaginal skin, one of my favorite <laughs> of my one of my favorite Cannibal Corpse albums, or Strip Draped and Strangled. Yep, yep, like the or songs. I mean, those songs. The songs specifically, not so, actually Strip Draped and Strangled. Yeah, the songs are so grotesque that you you look at it and you're like. Okay, yeah. I'm normal. Yeah. Like this is like this is, and then if that's not enough for you, well, can I introduce you to anal cunt? Yeah, you know it's like Gotta go, you can really uh, push that shit so far, and you, and you're gonna find something that you're gonna like if you if you. Go and at the it. same time, if you look at um, God, I can't remember the name of the band now, but it'll, um, it'll come to you. <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's such a weird uh, thing. But they sound so incredibly hard. Mm-hmm. But if you actually read the lyrics or, or spend the time listening to the lyrics, there's songs about uh, being pissed off because you did your crosswords and pen. <laughs> there's songs about like your coffee's too cold. Yeah. And you know, or or bands that are considered uh, incredibly technically talented, but like generally satirical, like Tony Danza, Tap Dance Extravaganza, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, Kill Whitney Dead. Kill Whitney Dead, the whole premise of the band is the lead singer having had a bad relationship with some bitch named Whitney at some point and it spawned what six albums five or six albums 
people uh you know what that makes me think of hmm. fucking insane clown posse because they <laughs> that was their thing when they put out their first six albums or so it was like we have the, the what do they call them like we have this deck of cards and we're turning over these cards when we get to the sixth card it, it, they had this whole mythos built right, out right. and every like the great malenko and the riddle box those are all different cards that are being turned over and mm-hmm. then when they were gonna get to the end it made it seem like it was a cult and they were building up to like a suicide pact right uh and then they put out the final album the shangri-la album and they're like okay uh, we're gonna keep going they just, <laughs> just keep putting out music they ran out of mythos but they wanted to keep making money obviously so yeah. they kept going but it makes me think that like we have a whole this whole character well, thing no, that we're building up around so, ourselves. So Kill Whitney Dead is one of the one of the bands that essentially is its own genre of music. Okay. Um they've been labeled misogyny core. <laughs> okay. Um so it's it's math metal and it's all about uh, regret for relationships mm-hmm. and fighting with your girlfriend and like I've heard, I've heard a yeah. number of bands yeah. like that. <laughs> put, put a sock in it, duct tape and death threats. Uh, my favorite colors on you are black and blue. Nice. Um, how is it? Uh, I mean, uh, the one of my favorite songs from them is is actually got a and all of Kill Whitney Dead has uh, cinematic drops in it. Mm-hmm. So there's one that's Ar- Arlie Ermy drops. And uh, but it's it's uh, you like knife play, I love knife play. Nice. And it's it's got Arlie Ermy drops from from um, what is it? Um, full metal. Yeah, full metal jacket. And then the one that he later when he's uh, with Jack Black. What's that fucking movie? Uh, oh, with Jack Black. Yeah. Uh, now go home and snuff that bitch. I don't know, I don't know that one. Yeah, that but one's... it's fucking it's it's amazing. Like. Um, and then they did a Christmas album that was all all Christmas drops okay. inside of like incredibly technical metal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they still find time for like Southern rock grooves and shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love a good uh, between the Bear and me does oh, that yeah. where at least one song on one album they're playing they're playing it's crazy and then they're like doom so slow slow Southern rock. Like the well, I mean Anatomy of too was one of the most. Uh, uh, their covers album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, I mean Cemetery Gates. Fucking Cemetery Gates, possibly is on there, better than the original, because uh, well, he's a better singer. What's his name? Ben. What's his I name? can't remember. It's, it's killing me now. He's a better singer than Phil on Samuel. Yeah. and when he, you're hitting those highs, it's like, yeah, come on, man, yeah. he's, you're gonna do it better. <laughs> uh, also, I think their cover of uh, Blacken may be better than oh yeah the original because you can actually hear the bass. It's pretty cool. Uh, have you ever listened to Christian metal? We're gonna wrap this thing up here a little bit. Uh, Striper or Striker and fuck Dawkins. Striper? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> to hell! There was a band called Living Sacrifice. No, they're from late '90s. Their first couple albums. Devil Wears Prada is a Christian I've heard, band. I've heard of. I've heard of them. I did not know they were a Christian band. Yeah, it's a Christian band. Um, but these guys are very. I mean, they're pretty straightforward metal, but they. Uh, they got a lot of really good grooves in there, and they, um, I feel like Slipknot started this. Hmm. So the best thing about Slipknot is um, they popularized for a short while the extra drummers. Right. Uh, so they did it. Yes. No, I call them extra drummers. They had extra drummers <laughs> on the stage. Uh, so they got the guy that do play normal, and they could all that shit. Um, mm. They were fucking awesome. But we they were also like in the Christian. same. We didn't. Because Mudvayne, technically, from a technical standpoint, yeah. like, no matter what, they did a lot of the same sacred geometry mm-hmm. as uh, as Tool. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of experimentation, um, and they had a lot of really thought-provoking lyrical content. They just sort of appealed to trailer park kids. Why? Kind of, why was that? Why did they appeal to trailer park kids? 
Yeah, how come I think because it was it was a natural progression from Slipknot and Corn and all those things. Mushroom Head, which is fucking terrible, but whatever. You know? Oh, Mushroom Head, yeah, because they're like, oh, they did masks. We'll do masks. We got masks too. You like our masks? And people are like, no, we don't, we don't like, like your masks. We, we got numbers on them. Didn't they number their masks? I like think that? like Roman numerals or something said, stupid like know. that. Fucking idiots. But then Mudvayne eventually took off the took off the gear, and they uh, they did they have gear. They took off the all the masks. Did they shit. have masks, Mudvayne? Yeah. I don't remember. No, they they had face paint. They had. I remember whatever, face paint from yeah. like the the videos and stuff. There's that one video where it was like the, the it looked like the veins were were getting sick. Yeah. It was like stop motion mm-hmm. uh, painting. Was pretty. Yeah, that's dig. Pretty dig. There you go. Fucking. Yeah, it's, it's like. I don't know. I still like it. I it's still it's, it's it. good, but it's not as it's just not as good. I don't know. It's it's because of its commercial appeal, and again, it's it's something that's like it's it's a little off a of four four. Like they yeah. do they do three four and seven eight fine whatever, mm. and they do like a lot of weird breakdowns and stuff. Especially like nothing to gain from them is like my favorite song. Okay, um, but the uh, the the guitar work you can only really appreciate it when you play it mm-hmm. because there's a lot of like weird minors that you don't. You're not even picking up on. When yeah, you're you to have it. to feel it. Yeah. Um. So I do appreciate Mudvayne for that. Guitar Hero helps people really appreciate like what a guitar is actually doing in a song. You'd be surprised if you're if because you're playing the track and you're like now you're listening to the guitar track and like well I didn't realize they were doing all this shit in a sweet home Alabama. It was, it was amazing. I mean, I think, and this is gonna sound nerdy in a different way. I think that a lot of people don't have the equipment. Mm-hmm. Physically, they don't buy the equipment to be able to listen to the music sometimes oh, how sure. it's meant to be played yeah, absolutely. or listened to. People are just listening with cheap earbuds, MP3 streaming from a cloud service. It's flattened. Yeah, you're not going to get the full sound of like stereophonic mega speakers or like amazing headphones with a, a vinyl record player. I mean, I'm, I'm not into vinyl just because, I mean, like I have a... Uh, I'm not into vinyl just because a lot of the bands I listen to record digitally, so yeah. it's stupid to like record it is, digital, it, it is print to analog, see that, yeah. and then whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, but I like, don't buy new vinyl. Yeah, that seems ridiculous. <laughs> but the, uh, but the, like I listen, I listen to a lot of music on my Sennheisers. Mm-hmm. I've got some Jaybirds that are like tuned, like it's custom tuning, so like I can actually get to where I want to get. Nice. Um, the car I have, which is insane, how I got a hold of it, is free, whatever. But it came with. 20k tweeters in the door panels and so like done out yeah beautiful awesome and so like i can listen to um like uh caligula's horse i don't know if you get down with them actually Uh, i i I gave them a listen because you mentioned them yeah they have a song called marigold it's fucking amazing was it on your show yeah i think you mentioned was oh i'm gonna write this down because i was looking for something new to listen to and i think actually maybe looking that up was then how i got to a i got gent playlist on right. spotify oh like, yeah they're I'll, super gent i was like follow that there we go okay i i just fucking um like magosh uh checkerboards and cigarettes and like a few other songs like those songs sound they only sound good mm-hmm. like if you try to go put it on a cell phone yeah, and like, fucking, here listen to this it, it's like seeing some of these bands at the beach have you ever seen a metal band at the beach <laughs> no. dude don't don't warning don't do it i saw and only time i saw animals as leaders was at the fucking beach opening for between the buried and me jesus uh, christ that's a good show it's an amazing show that, but it was at the beach was that the alaska tour um no this Circus. was by this after colors um, oh yeah because i i saw them do Much colors later. at social uh straight through like the colors tour that mm-hmm. was fucking top 10 show so it was after that so maybe for the parallax uh okay Parallax Sleep, whatever it's called. Um, and uh, the low end is terrible. It's so muddy. You couldn't hear shit. 
because it's a place designed for uh, like it's a dance club. Yeah. And then the no sound people in there. It was so it made me so mad. It made me so mad. I think it was the last time I saw Between the Bird and Me too. Well, it was like ten years ago. More I'm longer trying to than think that. Think what. What animals album that would be? Um, the one with Kafo and um, Joy of Motion. Yes. No, I can't recall. It's the one with the black. It's not like color. I can tell you what songs they played because every song sounded like. <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad. So anybody that that's new to to uh, animals as leaders, check out um, a song called Physical Education. And uh, that's that's for me the uh, the quintessential like this is animals as leaders. But also don't sleep on that drummer though. The the fills that that dude does yeah. sometimes is like fucking because we've been talking about Tobin Abasi a lot, but it's yeah. it's an amazing three piece oh, band. Oh, tooth, tooth and claw, tooth and claw. It's a it's another song off uh, Joy of Motion. I think. Okay, okay. Is that the what's the album cover? Is it a, is it a spiral thing or is the red one? It's what, a red one. The red one. Okay. Yeah, okay. the black one is the one with Cafo on it. Yes. Yes, that's my jam. Um, August Burns Red. They're a Christian band. I don't know this. Uh, you don't know August Burns Red? No. Nope. I would recommend the album Thrill Seeker. But here's the thing. Thrill Seeker came out 2003 or 2004. When it came out, um, this was still like MySpace was still a thing, right? So they put on the fucking, uh, on their description of the album, it's like all your favorite bands, all their favorite parts of all your favorite albums in one album is how the band themselves describe Thrill Seeker. And it truly is, especially for that time. Like, Is it like an Edgar Winter Frankenstein situation? No, more of a, <laughs> more of a we're just going to take all the fun parts of albums, like all the breakdowns, all right. the build-ups, all the breakdowns. We're going to take out all that filler crap. No bridges. And Wait, no breakdowns? No, all it's like all, all break, breakdowns. It's all okay, breakdowns. Okay, I can fucking listen to breakdowns no, all day. It's all build-ups and breakdowns. Uh, it's like... It's super intense, but if you listen to it now in 2021, it's like, yeah, this is this sounds like everything else. But in 2003, mm. it really was like the con- <laughs> the, the OJ from Concentrate version of fucking. I don't even know how you would describe what kind of metal. Post-hardcore? Yeah, it's kind of post-hardcore metal. Um, I saw them at the Oasis, a tiny little bar called Oasis. I doubt that it exists anymore. It, the, the, the size of this studio. And no <laughs> no stage. They were playing on the floor, just flat on the floor. It's that type of place. The bar was mm-hmm. just like a piece of wood with a guy with a cooler full of beers selling you a, a can of beer. I was like, okay, I'm going to check out this band. And I was going because my friend was like, this album's amazing. You got to come check these guys out. I had no frame of reference for them. Mm-hmm. Maybe 20 people in the place. And also, I was with another guy who was in a similar boat. Like, I'm not dancing. I'm not, I'm not doing nothing. I'm just going to hang out and watch these guys. Halfway through, like, the second song, I, I went to get a beer. I turned back. The guy next to me, he's gone. Where is he? He's in the pit going crazy because they were so good. They were they played in a way that I was like, you have to notice them. You can't uh, look away. The music was so incredible. I've never been lucky enough to see Between the Buried and Me live, but I've seen video of it, mm-hmm. and it's so infectious that I get... Yeah. jittery yeah, like you, I get jittery you, you and feel like, it you yeah. want it you're like oh this is so good like I, the way he thrashes around and stuff and fucking swings it's crazy like just, god damn I'm trying to fucking I saw uh, like we should probably wrap this thing up actually not right we, we can do this all night um, you did mention a couple bands let's see besides from revisiting Mudvayne mm-hmm. what uh, give me one or two bands that I should walk out of this from <sighs> Well, if you and, and you already mentioned Caligula's horse. Uh, yeah, that doesn't count. Um, Earl Greyhound. 
Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. I don't think I've heard Earl Greyhound. Earl Greyhound's right. Magosh. As in Oshkosh? Yeah. But Magosh. just the Magosh part? M-E-G-O-S-H, yeah. All right, I can remember those, um, I think. Also, I and this, uh, there's too. a Russian band. Okay. So this is fucking crazy. All right. There's a Russian band called Vector of Underground, and they are absolutely bonkers. And if you... they they are what the progression of metal would have been if it if it just was allowed to fester okay. in a, in a different direction, right? Okay. And then so the same in the same vein of that, the last one I'll do is there's another Russian band that is five pound signs, five hashtags. <laughs> okay. That's just the name of the band. Is the name five hashtags or is it just it's five? literally five hashtags? It's just, that's okay. the name of the band. So okay. if you look on Spotify, five, five hashtags, hashtags will pull it up. Okay. Yeah. Um. Those those are the ones that now. I find it like even if I'm just like um, at, at work or whatever, I will pull up those bands mm-hmm. and just listen to those like just listen to those few songs over and over and over again because they're so catchy. They're so incredibly well composed. Mm-hmm. Polyphia, obviously, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the those bands that are are having touched on something so ethereal and so beautiful while being so just gritty and horrifying and you can tell that that they walk that line of um of being so incredibly talented mm-hmm. and then still calling back to the roots of like acid bath cannibal corpse and i mean i, I guess we didn't mention acid bath before but acid bath cannibal corpse devourment cattle cattle decapitation mm-hmm. blah, blah blah all that stuff pig destroyer and all that oh god pig destroyer yeah, didn't we, mention we, that we, one. there's a lot we didn't mention how many you want to just have this as a podcast we may ha- we, we may have to do a part two very very soon um, I will leave you with one album that just came out a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. I listened to it. Uh, my boy Billy D, friend of the show, Billy D. He's our uh, New York Not City Billy correspondent. Not Billy D. Williams. Not Billy D. Williams. No, Billy D. Divine. He's our he's our Crespity So New York City correspondent. Mm-hmm. Um, he turned me on to the Armed. Okay. Have you heard them? No. They just put out an album. They are the new next big thing in post hardcore whatever the fuck we're in right now. Math gent. Yeah. Um, we. It, they're a little more, they're not so genty, but they mm-hmm. are pushing things in directions that uh, it's like we're going <coughs> to we're gonna get loud and noisy, but we're also going to have a lot of fun. We're going to get intense, but also this is a pop album. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, you should definitely give it a, I mean, it, pop is the name of the album. It's called Armed? The, the Armed. The Armed. Is the name of the band. And they're like an eight-piece band. Uh, their show's like a guy wears you know, we like mention, a bear skin and stuff. We didn't mention fucking Mars Volta. You know, Mars Volta, uh, the Louse in the Comatorium, may be, maybe the greatest album of all time. Just maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it might be. Uh, a band I never got to see. And I had a chance to see him, and I didn't take it like a moron. Because I, I was broke. I should have just borrowed the money. It wasn't even that much money. Just rob an old lady. What was it, 30 bucks? <laughs> Not even, dude. Not even. <laughs> and, 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 and because they weren't even opening, because the Louse hadn't come out yet. Hmm. And they were opening for the anniversary and I was like, I don't give a shit about the anniversary. I got other shit to do. And then I was like, Mars Volta, I don't know. It's like, it's not exactly at the drive and I haven't heard them. And then my friends went and they came back and they're like, dude, you fucked up. That was the best. And I was like, fuck. He's yeah. swinging the microphone around and shit. And, and he's like, they sound just like at the drive which makes sense. The two guys that did Mars yeah. Volta, they're, they're Omar and yeah, uh, Omar and Cedric. They're the core of at the drive And then when he listened to Sparta, you're like, mm, nah. no dice. <laughs> no, no thanks, guys. You, uh, we know who the real talent. But also, that album was produced by Rick Rubin. Mm. He brings in Flea, uh, the guy from fucking uh, Long Beach Dub All Stars. Like using all their connections. That album is incredible. The rest of their stuff, which I like all of, was um, produced by the guitarist. 
Okay. So it's not. That's why it's not as. And the the last at the driving album was produced by Ross Robinson, who he was Corn's producer. Like he was the architect of that '90s popular metal sound. Right. He was a pop producer, uh, and he. We didn't fucking talk about Sepultura either. Yeah, I saw Soulfly. Soulfly opened for Pantera when I saw them at right. the Hard Rock. It was it was Soulfly, uh, uh, Morbid Angel, uh, another band that I completely forgot, and Pantera. That was was it Three Ton Gate? No, no, no. Uh, and then I saw Cannibal. You saw you saw Cannibal Corpse. I saw them at the what's the what's the venue in, in St. Pete? I don't fucking know. Uh, oh, Seabreeze Metal Lounge? No, State Theater. I saw them at the State Theater in St. Pete. Uh, they were headlining. Who opened for them? Uh, Dark Funeral and someone from someone who sounded Dying Fetus. We didn't fucking talk about that. Dying Fetus. We didn't talk about Carcass. Ah, damn it. We didn't talk about. Oh, we'll have to do a part two. All right. All right, but yeah, check out that Armed album, The Armed. The Armed. All right, so we're going to the end of the episode. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. We appreciate it. Stick around after this little outro for a little extra bit of conversation. Peace. Atonal stuff, which is weird because we're about to talk about fucking really atonal music. That's true. Maybe that's why. Okay, hit record. Check one, two. Give me a good check. Uh, check, 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 check. Yeah, check. you sound good. <clears throat> All right. My idea, uh, I'm going to record an intro real quick. Like, hey, welcome mm-hmm. to the show. And then I also want you to record one. And then uh, I'll put out the episode on both feeds, but with our separate, like, appropriate Perfect. intro songs. Yeah. So then one way it'll sound like, this is your idea. One way it'll sound like, it's my idea. Sort of like that. Got it. All right. So I'll, I'll just mirror you. Yeah, there we go. All right. So I'll do my intro. You do yours. And then we'll just start talking cool. with this bullshit. Do you have, like, a general framework you're going to lead with? I was thinking we can just go life chronologically in terms of talk about what got us into heavier music when we were young. What was our entry entry into it? Yeah. And then uh, we'll just go from there up until whatever we might be listening to these days. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I I put up a, I have a list of bands that I wrote down because I knew because it's also four twenty and also it's just oh we played a normal day we, for me. Uh, Bongzilla. Um, was it Bongzilla Weed Eater? Sleep and uh, God, there's oh, one more um, band. Sleep has that one album with Jerusalem. Oh, it's um, Jerusalem? Dope Smoker is the original name. Dope Smoker. There yeah. you go. Yes, eighty-seven like, minutes. I was gonna say how long one is song. It? So, I had I had it on CD somewhere. It's like, not good. No, <laughs> no, it's not. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I put it on. I was like, this is well. The first four minutes is just the bass thing. That's like cheating. All right. So, is it really eighty-seven minutes of four minutes is bullshit? I mean, a bunch of it's bullshit. But like when they <laughs> when they recut it, so Dope Smoker is the uncut version. Jerusalem is the cut into thirteen tracks and cut down to sixty seven minutes. Okay, so I think that's what I had. Okay, yeah, the eighty seven minute cut is fucking like. If I was still a seventeen year old pothead, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I put it on. But like, I was in college, but nineteen twenty. So for me, same difference. Self the self titled album uh, Sleep like is is so Dragonaut and fucking. Um, What's the the second song on there? Um, whatever, but the yeah, like that album, and then their new album, uh, Marijuana Knot, is like, oh no, it's called Sciences. The first song is called Marijuana. Knot. New album, their newest album, yeah. Newest. How new is it? Came out last year, twenty nineteen. Whoa. Yeah. They're still 
that always shocks me whenever I see anyone is putting out a new album. Now I choose to be shocked by anything. It's like well, Converge just they... put out an album. I was like, what? Converge? <laughs> uh, have you listened to it? Is it good? I, I, I love it. The yeah. the the first track, uh, Marijuana Not, is fucking just so like is perfect. It... And it starts with a bong rip, obviously. Of course. Of course. It's, yeah. like, it's like if it's Cypress. So you go to a Cypress Hill concert, you want to see giant wheel leaves on the stage. Cypress Hill fell off hard. They're still making albums, but they? they have not made a good album since uh, Rock Superstar. Is it because they're still doing the same that they still think it's like 2001? No, have have I mean, they not changed their sound? It's not that they have to change the sound. It's that there's a a fundamental disconnect in the culture surrounding like Cypress Hills Cypress Hill was stoner gangster rap. Yes. Right? Yes. They they threatened violence, but they also smoked a shitload of weed. Yeah, right? we're all about we're chill with the weed, but also fuck you, I'm gonna kill you. Also, I will kill cops if they try to come after my Yeah, after my crops. Cops always trying to catch my crops. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So we were like, kids singing that. I know yeah, what you're saying. Fucking love that shit. But yeah. like at the same time, that is no like weed's legal now. <laughs> yes, mostly. And so, like, what do they have to be angry about? True. Also, yeah. Also, are they angry down during their fifties, sixties? I mean, they're probably angry because they're broke. Yeah, they, it's like, where's our? We got to get our new. Be real is like, where's my respect? Yo, I, I I love Be Real, but Zendog was always a superfluous character to me. Like, in what way? Why? Why? He's a hype man. Yeah, you know I mean, what I mean. But good, a, good. I mean, Flavor Flav. You know, he just does the hype. No one's there for his rapping. I'm not there for fucking Flavor Flav either. Okay, fair. All right, so at least you establish a pattern. Yeah. No hype men for me, like Little John, mm-hmm. fucking uh, DJ Snake, DJ Khaled. All those guys are like, nah. Eh. No, DJ Snake's the producer. He still fucking yells shit, doesn't he? I don't think so. Khaled does. So Khaled's, sure. the, Khaled's the worst because he doesn't eat pussy. <laughs> yeah, what the hell is that all about? I fucking hate that shit. I mean, if, at least if he refused to get his ducks, duck sick, his dick sucked. If he, but no. No, did you see the quote? It's like I'm. We're the we're the I'm the king of my house, and my wife is the queen, and you know. A king doesn't do that. Well, it's like what kind of convoluted bullshit? Yeah, stupid. Yo, munch some box. Maybe he maybe he eats his girlfriend's box, the, the guma's box, because uh, he can't re- disrespect his wife. Maybe he that heard way. that Michael Douglas got throat cancer because he ate too much Selma Hayek pussy. He's like, apparently, uh, <laughs> this is not good. This is from Cunnilingus. <laughs> He's obviously talking about HPV. What? Michael Douglas, Douglas was saying that. Yes. That's what he was talking about. Yeah, you get HPV from everything. I know. Like everybody but, has HPV. But, they, but they, you can get HPV from oral sex, and men get uh, throat cancer from HPV. So a lot of people put those two and two together. Obviously, someone said that to him. He's like, well, I'm such a Lothario. Eat so much pussy that I gave myself throat cancer for my wife's dirty, uh, dirty vagina. Such a terrible way to go out, I guess. Yeah, it's not. He's still alive. He's fine. I know. I mean, he's going to go out. Eventually. I mean, well, he, his dad uh, went to, what, 101 before he finally kicked it? Oh, I didn't know that. Kurt, 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 Kirk. Kirk Douglas. So, Kirk Lazarus. A PFT Media Production.